morning we're going to continue on our study on the Lord's Prayer. So if you have your Bibles and you want to open it up to Matthew chapter 6 with me. Matthew chapter 6. And uh, last Sunday we started out in this series talking about the first part of this prayer where he said, Our Father who art in, uh, in heaven. We did the Our Father part where um, looking at the role of the Father. How important that Jesus in John 17, verse 3, said that eternal life is that you could know the Father and His only Son, Jesus Christ. That a lot of times what's, hap- what's happened in the church is that uh, through the years is that we've minimized eternal life to just being in heaven someday, uh, being forgiven of our sins. Remember that there is, a, there is a purpose to God forgiving your sins, and that wasn't just so you could be a better person and feel good about yourself, but so that you could be in a relationship with him. And that's God's divine plan. And so what Jesus came to do was to show us the face, the presence, to show us what the Father was really like. John chapter 1 tells us that nobody had seen God. Nobody knew what God looked like. Uh, But Jesus, the only begotten Son, has revealed the Father to us. And so it tells us that the word revealed there in the Greek language means to bring out in the open for everybody to see, to to see what God is like. And so we talked about how in the Old Testament, the view view of the the Hebrew children, uh, the Israelites of God was is that, um, you know, do good, God blesses you, do bad, God takes you out, kind of an idea. It's hard to preach to the world that God is a good God, when we put it into a context of, unless you don't do good. Right? So it's hard for us to say that, you know, for example, what do we do with the verse that says that um, God is a good God, that there is is no variableness or shadow of turning with him in in the New Testament, it says that. Well, we realize that what happens is, is that in the Old Testament is, is that God has set forth parameters and said, look, if you walk in this way, then you will experience all of the good things that I have for you. And if you don't walk in this way, then you're on your own. And when you're on your own, I have to stand back because I gave you free will and a choice. So I have to permit you to go the direction you want to go. It would be as if today I said, look, don't go stand in the middle of M46. Don't do that. That's Stay here. You're blessed here. You're healthy here. You're alive here. You're, right, no broken bones here. You're, you know, you're taken care of here. You're like, no, I feel like I really want to go stand in M46. And so you take off and go out there, and then you get hit by a car, and then the church tells you that God did it. God didn't do that. Okay. We credit God with a lot more. Now, I'll tell you what happens is the devil is always tempting you to leave God's parameters. He's always saying, look, come on, out here, you're missing something. There's something better out here. There's something better, you'll experience something greater. It's an old trick. It's one we still, in many ways, have not caught on to. But it's an old trick that the enemy used back in the Garden of Eden when he tricked Adam and Eve and said, come over here, eat from this tree. He focused totally on what they didn't have instead of what they did have. And so what ended up happening, they took off and and went out. 
God is not in the business of going around killing, smiting, taking people out today. All right? I mean, it would be wrong. See, for example, I, I, and I'll move on with this. So James and John, they're in this town with Jesus, and the people don't listen to what Jesus says, right? And so Jesus, James and John, they're ticked. And they said, Lord, let us call fire from heaven and devour them. And what does Jesus say? Yes, that's what we do in heaven. When people don't do what we want, we send fire and smoke them out, right? No, Jesus said, guys, you don't know what spirit you're of. You don't know what, look, you don't know what I'm all about. That is not what I'm all about. I'm not in the going around burning people up because they didn't do what I said to do. You know, your Bible tells you, and, and I'll move on from this, but the Bible says that God, and this is in the, in the Gospels, that God makes the sun to rise on the just and the unjust. He makes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. So here's the thing. A, a, a farmer who's ungodly, doesn't live for Christ, is going to get rain along with the farmer who's blessed. In fact, the unjust guy is probably going to benefit from the blessed guy. Amen. You say, well, that, that just doesn't seem fair. But see, that's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. In fact, in one place, um, if you look in the, and i got to move on, but in, the, in this place in the, in the uh, scripture, it says this, that it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance, right? Listen to how it reads in the Passion Translation. It's the goodness of God that softens hearts. You want to turn people, it's the goodness of God, not the anger and the wrath and God's going to smite you kind of stuff that's going to turn people to God. Because if it were true that that's what God did, then Jesus would have went about not doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. He'd have went about giving people sickness and disease for their rebellion. Wow, Pastor, that was really good. So, our Father. Jesus reveals the Father. This is what God is like. This is what God looks like. And see, one of the things that's, that's so awesome about this, in the Hebrew language, the word for, that's used for, the, you know, we talk about the presence of God. The word that's used for presence is face. It's the word for the face. So when they talk about in the Old Testament, they say, that God's presence, you know, that his presence would be there, it's that his face would be there, he would be attentive, he would, he would be present there, his presence would be there, his face would be there. Do you know that for you and I, Jesus Christ has revealed the face of the Father to us. Now our responsibility is to reveal the face of the Father to the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to tell you this, that Jesus has already represented the face of the Father to the people, to his people. So now his people have to show others what God is really like. Hallelujah. All right. So Matthew chapter six, uh, our father, which art in heaven. And I think it's important when you recognize this, when it says art in heaven, that he's saying, look, your father is in heaven, but your prayer connects you directly to heaven. So we don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience heaven. We don't have to wait till we're dead to be blessed. Okay? 
We don't have to wait until this life is over and then we leave this body and then we're in heaven with the Lord. What he's saying here is, is that, look, your Father in heaven, that you have a direct line, a direct connection, that you can go directly to the Father. So when you pray, when you're saying, our Father who art in heaven, the idea is, is that, look, you've got, a, you've got an open avenue in a relationship with the Father. Imagine if you had, if you had this, a direct line a direct line to the wealthiest person in the United States right now. Let's say that you had a direct line to, uh, I don't know who that is. Is that the guy, Bezos, I think, maybe, or Buffett or whoever. All right, so you have a direct line. I mean, now I'm not talking about like you, you just have a phone number. I'm talking about all you got to do is pick up the phone and you're there, okay? That you have a direct line to the most powerful people in the world right now. Whether you like them or don't, you still have a direct line to them. And so you can directly connect with them and communicate with them and listen to them. That's what prayer is for you and I. Your Father in heaven has made a direct line. You don't have to dial a number. All you have to do is pick up the line. All you have to do is go and say, here's how you start your prayer. Father, you now have direct access into the heavens. Amen. So he says here that our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, and if you write in your Bible, uh, the word hallowed there means sanctified or sacred or holy. Um, holy, it's the uh, Greek word hagios, and it, means that, and it means just that, to be sanctified, to be separated, to be something separated, okay? So he's saying, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, sacred, be your name. Now, remember, as Jesus is teaching this, and we've kind of lost this through the translation of it, as Jesus is teaching this, names are a big deal to the Hebrews, all right? Because they really, like, they wanted to know God's name. They wanted, it was a big deal to them. Like, it wasn't like we throw around names like we do today. They wanted to understand it because they knew that a name reveals character. It reveals attributes about the individual. You know, all your names mean something. You'd be actually probably very surprised how much that your name, there are attributes in your life that go with your name. Whether your parents intentionally thought that out or not, there are just attributes that go with it. It's a declaration or words over yourself. So as you say a name. So the that God, the Hebrews was a big deal about the name. So when it says sacred is your name, this is really huge to all those that are hearing what he's saying, you know, as he's doing uh, the Sermon on the Mount, because to know the name of God is, is absolutely gives you that power into the, that, that, that access into that character and credibility of, of God. They believe that. So when God appeared, and as you read through the scriptures, in the beginning, it's talked about God as, as Moses is writing about God as Elohim, okay? A little bit later on, he is revealed to, um, to uh, Abraham, and this is primarily how the Hebrews would have known him for a long time. They knew him as El Shaddai. So El Shaddai is, a, is two words, but it basically means all-sufficient. God who is all-sufficient, 
Um, and it, what he's trying to, that he is almighty, that he has all capable, nothing can stop him. So when he revealed himself to Abraham, to Abram at the time, what Abram took away from God telling his name to him was is that God is saying, there isn't anything that's impossible to me. Nothing. There is nothing impossible. In fact, El Shaddai, if you do a real deep study, I encourage you to do it. It's basically the idea that, look, I'm God. I've set forth certain laws, but I'm also the creator of heavens and earth. And if I want to change what those laws are, I can change them anytime because I'm the originator of them. Did you get it? So how powerful is that? Because what God's telling Abram is, look, I know that old people don't have children. Your wife hadn't been able to give birth to any kids. You haven't been able to have any kids. But I'm telling you right now that even though the, the law of age seems to have taken over in your circumstances, the law of God will supersede the law of age. So don't worry about how old you are. It took him a while to get a hold of El Shaddai in his life, but he eventually got a hold of it. But that's how Abram knew God. He knew God as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the almighty one, the one who's more than enough, the, more, the one who can do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And, and uh, he doesn't violate his laws because he's the originator of the laws. A little later on, he becomes known to them as Elilan. Elilan is where he is known as the most high God the Most High God. And then there's the name that was revealed to the Hebrews, which is when Moses talked to God. And he said, who shall I tell them sent me? And so God, it almost seems like it's a riddle, but he says to them, I am, I am. And he said, tell them I am that I am sent you. And that almost seems like, a doesn't it seem like a little, but it wasn't to Moses, he wasn't like, well, that's ridiculous. I need a, I, I need a name like Joshua or I need a jo name like Caleb. Tell me what your name is. He said, no, I am. That What he's saying is, look, I am everything. I am, I pre-exist. I've always been here. I have no beginning. I have no end. I am. I am. I know who I am. I am that I am. I wish I could get a good amen this morning. I mean, that's what he's telling Moses. He's saying, look, Moses, you tell them I am sent you. And so he went back and he told them, and they considered this so sacred that they would not say, I am. They, they actually, it would be in the Hebrew language, I am is Yahweh. They took all the, um, they took all the vowels out. They, they wouldn't even say the vowels. They just pulled them out and they just do, when they talk about God, they put Y-H-W-H. That's all they would put there. Because they didn't want, and they didn't want to speak the name because it was, here's why, it was so sacred to them. That God had revealed. See, we don't have that in our, in our thinking today. How sacred this was to them. That's why when he says, when you start your prayer and you say, our Father who art in heaven, sacred is your name. Look, he's saying, look, put, this, put sacredness back into the thought about that you have access into the heavens through the name. Now, God revealed himself as I am in a whole bunch of places by a whole different, a lot of different things were added on to I am, Yahweh. He would, like in one place, he's, um, he's Jehovah Sidkenu, um, Yahweh Sidkenu. And so in that, he's Jehovah, our God, I am righteousness is what he's saying there. Sidkenu is righteousness. I'm Jehovah Shama. Shama is I am, I am the Lord who's present. I am the Lord who is there. 
I mean, there, I am, some of you probably heard Jehovah Jireh, which, does anybody know where that was at in the scripture? It was whenever Abraham took Isaac up on, Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain, and he said, God will himself provide the lamb. And he said, and there he built an altar and called on God and said, he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. So all of these, look, for you and I, we like read it and go, oh, that's cool, Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Makedesh was another one and Jehovah Sidkenu and Jehovah Shalom is God is our peace. Anybody know where God is our peace came from? Want to guess? That was what he revealed to Gideon. He revealed that to Gideon. But see, the name is revealed. And then, so you have all this revelation and this would have been so so huge to these people that God was telling us his name because we're calling God by the name that he has told us to call him by it's not hey you right it's not whoever's up there I know the name of God I can access heaven because I've got the right name. Not, not like it's a secret or a, a, mi- a mystery, but God has revealed himself to me. The Israelites, they eventually took that word, the, the Hebrews took that word Yahweh, and they just started putting the word Adonai, which is Lord, which that's what we, a lot of people still use today, that they would use the name Lord. But, but I want you just to see that, look, the name that God reveals in the Bible is the summation of his character. It's the fullness of who God is. When God said, when the word hallow or hallowed, it, it means that he sets it, we set it apart as sacred and pure to give honor to it. So when we pray, hallowed be your name, that look, we're, saying, we're asking that God's awesome and holy character would be displayed in the world. That God's awesome and holy character would be displayed in the world. It's interesting as we move into the New Testament that it really does start talking about that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the name above all names. Now Jesus is the, actually it's a translation, but it's Yeshua, Joshua is what it really means. It's the God is our salvation. Lord is our salvation. Jehovah is our salvation, excuse me. But it's interesting as we see more and more about the name, and Jesus talked about his name. You go to Mark chapter 16, and he says at the end, in my name you shall cast out devils. In my name you shall speak in new tongues. In my name you shall not be harmed. In my name, right, in my name you will heal the sick. All these are things that he says will be done because he he doesn't, because he knows that as he is taught and he is told about his character, that we attribute his name to healing, to deliverance. We attribute his name to safety and protection, and we attribute his name to the supernatural. All these are things that Jesus has revealed to us. If you go to Acts chapter 4 with me real quick, Acts 4. Are you all doing all right today? I feel like I'm working too hard here, so. All right, thank you. So this, this man that's, I mean, the guy is lame from the time he was born. Can't walk, sits by the gate, 
here comes Peter and John. They come by. They say he, he's looking to receive something. They say, look, we don't have any silver and gold but what we do with us right now. But what we do have, we give to you. We're going to give you something much better than money. We're going to heal you right now. So in the name, so what they do is they say in the name of Jesus, rise and walk, right? So what did they do? They took the name. So when we say, that, remember now, as we go back to the, the, this idea about the character they understand the character tied to the name Jesus. There were a lot of guys named Jesus, but they're tying it specifically to the Jesus that, that they know, that they understand the Son of God. And so they say, rise and walk. So he gets up, he starts, this guy's dancing, he's leaping, he's praising the Lord, and then, you know, people are shouting, his parents are crying. It's a great, great moment, except for the religious leaders who are very ticked off that somebody got well through the name of Jesus. And so they start pushing. They're like, we want to know, you know, why did you do this? And how did you do this? And what exactly happened? And um, so look at verse 7. So they're in front of the high priest, who they would consider like the head, you know, like the pope of the day kind of a thing. And so they're standing in front of this, and, and he says, uh, uh, he set them in their midst in verse 7, and they ask, by what power... Authority. Now watch this now or you'll miss it. And by what name? Why does that matter? Because the name carries the power. The name carries the authority. They even understood that because the, their Hebrews understood that when God has revealed his name to us, that there is all that character and nature. He has showed us his face. He's showed us his presence. He showed us what he's willing to do. And so they said, look, by what power... Or what name have you done this? And Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost and said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Now, this would have really ticked them off because Christ means Messiah, right? I mean, this is not going to go well with the high priest. He's not going to like this because he said, look, you know, we, we use the word Christ. A lot of people think that's Jesus' last name. That's not his last name, okay? <laughs> it's descriptive of the, his title. He's the Messiah, all right? And so, and he really makes it like really clear Anytime you see, you know, there's a reason things are in Scripture. When you see Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they've done, they've done three things there. They've told you his name, his character. They've told you the authority that he is the Christ, he's the Messiah. And then the last thing is they told you he's from earth. He, lives, he came from Nazareth. He lived in Nazareth. And so all of that, I mean, they have totally located him to these guys and this is not going to go well for them because they're not going to like it. So watch what happens. So he says, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified. Wow, he's really feeling strong. He ate his Wheaties, man. Whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Then go down to verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby men must be saved. So what he just said is, is that this is the name above all names. 
This is the absolute name that has been revealed by the Father in heaven, by God in heaven, the name of Jesus. The power that is in that name. Glory to God. Uh, I was, uh, 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 there was a Methodist pastor and uh, he was, he had a police officer he knew who had come to his office and said, uh, would you pray for me? He says, what's going on? He says, man, he, this police officer's name was Dale. And he said, he said, pastor, he said, listen, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. He says, but I have terrible rage in my life. I take it out on my wife. I take it out on my kids. Sometimes I take it out on the job. He says, I have a terrible rage. You know, th this is important for us to remember. Just because we're, we've had an experience of salvation with Christ does not mean that we have been delivered from all things that have been in our life. There is a process of deliverance that takes place. Uh, can I get a better amen? So Dale is really frustrated, so he asked him to pray. Well, the Methodist pastor, he knew about this guy named Glenn that had been inviting people over for prayer, and Glenn seemed to have a real ministry of praying for people that dealt with, you know, that dealt with anger issues and needed deliverance from stuff. And some of his people from his church actually had gone there and had great, you know, had great success there. So he goes over, well, this pastor said, that what he did, what his, the pastor's name was Terry, when he went there, he said all of a sudden, Dale freaked out. They start praying for Dale, and he starts freaking out all of a sudden, and then he starts trying to bite the pastor. And he's hissing like a snake all of a sudden. All right? Now, this pastor said, I'd never seen anything like this before. And I mean, this is Dale. This is his friend Dale, who's a police officer, and he, he's hissing like a snake. But as soon as the, the, this man, Glenn, had said, in the name of Jesus, this thing, whatever it was, just started manifesting and coming out of him. And he's hissing, and he's trying to bite the pastor. He said, man, I'm doing everything to keep this guy from getting me. And uh, so the pastor's like, well, Glenn will take care of it. Well, Glenn all of a sudden says, Pastor, you're going to have to deal with the rest of this. I have a heart palpitation issue, and it's just started, and I've got to sit down, and I can't deal with this anymore. You're, you're going to have to take care of it. And the pastor was like, they don't teach this in seminary. I don't know how to deal with this. So he's like wrestling with Dale. Dale's carrying on. And all of a sudden, he just... He felt in his spirit like something said to him, speak the name of Jesus over him. And so he thought, well, that's kind of silly, but he thought, what the heck, right? So he looked at him and he said, Dale, in the name of Jesus, I command this to let you go, whatever this is. Whatever's going on, because he couldn't, he didn't know. He'd never seen anything like it. They didn't really know much about demonic stuff. And he said, um, and all of a sudden he said, Dale just went limp. And he was completely delivered. And he says, as of this day, Dale is still delivered. The pastor, the pastor uh, said that he went home. His wife says, well, how did it go? She said, well, uh, I've never been through anything like that. She says, what do you mean? He says, I believe I just had a theological emina. 
Sometimes we need that in our life, though, to, to get us right, okay? But what was it that made the difference? It was the name. See, hallowed, sacred, holy is your name. When we access, Jesus said, look, when you go to the Father, you come in the sacred name. There is no other name by which men can be saved except the name of Jesus. There was a young lady named Amy. She was going through membership class, and in membership class, you know, at the end, they get up, and they're all standing at the church and in the front, and and the pastor's giving the charge to all of them. And every time he says the name of Jesus, Amy starts crying. And he's like, man, what is going on? And so they get to the end, and finally, you know, they induct the new members, and Amy's one of the members. And he goes over to Amy privately. He says, what was going on? Why did you cry every time I said the name of Jesus? And she said, well, pastor, you don't know my story, but she said, the truth is, is that I was a drug addict, And she said, I actually sold my soul to Satan at one point so that I could find a good vein to inject into. And I really gave my life over to the drugs. And she said, my life went so far downhill, I was completely homeless. Uh, I had nowhere to go. And I'm sitting in a boxcar, a train boxcar, in the back of the boxcar by myself. And I'm thinking, this is it. This is it. And I remembered something from my life and I, about church and about, and all I did was I said, Jesus, help me. And she said, in that boxcar, that dark boxcar, while I'm sitting there all alone, she said, something came into the room of that boxcar and filled that room. And she says, I was embraced by so much love. She said, Pastor, I feel like at that point I got saved. The pastor looked at her and said, you did. You did, because those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, we get, let's take all the religion out of this and just realize that, look, the name is what brings you access, not the building. It's not the location. When you're in your car, you can call on the name of Jesus. In your bedroom, you know, it's not a specific, special place. You know, you can call on the name of Jesus in the shower. You know, wherever you're at, Jesus, help us. Jesus, Lord Jesus, I need your help. That's the name, the sacred name that has been revealed to us. Hallelujah. When you declare the name of Jesus, his presence manifests. A construction worker, rough-looking guy, you know, kind of like a, you might see riding a Harley Davidson, you know, pretty tough, tattoos down the arms, rough-looking guy. At this construction site, he's the head guy at the construction site, and he's walking through the work site, and he's telling everybody about how God saved him and about God's love. I mean, you know, what a, what a, what a conundrum, right? Just this really tough, rough-looking guy. And he's telling people about God's love. And this man that was at the construction site said, man, what's the deal? He said, well, listen, I got to tell you. He said, in my life, I had so much hate in my life. And I'll tell you, the one I hated the most was my dad. I hated him. But I was trying to get some help in my life to deal with it. And he said, they told me that the only way you'll ever, you'll ever find peace is you're going to have to make peace with your dad. You've got to somehow get past that or you're never going to. They didn't take, send him to Christ. They didn't tell him to become a Christian. They just said, look, you're going to have to 
fix this with your dad. Well, he heard that his dad was in the hospital and he was in pretty bad shape. His heart was in bad shape. So he went to the hospital to meet with his, to talk to his dad. He says, well, I'm going to make things right before he's dead. And he walks in the room, and literally, this is the way it happened. He walks into the room, and when he walks in, before he can even say dad, his dad's heart monitor went flat, completely flat. And at that moment, such rage entered and came upon this man as he looked at his dad, and he thought, now I can't make it right. He's died on me. And he's mad at his dad for dying, and he's yelling at God because he blames God that this, his dad had died. And he says, this is like a big joke you're playing on because now he's dead and you did this to me. So he used every curse word that he knew, and he knew a lot, on God. He said them to God. He began to yell and to curse and to carry on in this room. And when he settled down finally, he was getting ready to walk out of the room. And who knows how long this, he was doing all of this as he's getting ready to walk out of the room feeling like he'll have this anger and rage the rest of his life, he heard a voice say to him, say the name of Jesus. And nobody else is except his dead dad. Say the name of Jesus. And he couldn't say that it was an audible voice. It was just something that he heard. It was in his head maybe. He doesn't really know. But he said, so I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. So he turned around and said, in the name of Jesus. And he said, all of a sudden, the heart monitor started clicking again and started moving. His dad revived out of it, came back out of it. Nobody had paddled him or, you know, put the paddles on him or done anything like that. The guy came, back to, came right back to life. And, and so they, this, the guy feels like, wow, I'm going to get a chance to be able to work things out with my dad. And he actually does. He says, Dad, I'm sorry for all the things. And, you know, I want to make things right with you. But he was sitting down with his dad as a month later, and they're talking about what had happened and what had taken place. And his dad, he said, Dad, what, what was going on? I mean, his dad said to him, he said, Son, he said, I knew I died because I was in heaven. And I was standing in heaven next to God. And he says, as I was walking down the golden streets of heaven, he said, God looked over at me and said, You've got to go back. You've got to go back. And he said, he said, why? He said, because someone has called on my name for you. And he said, I want you to know, and this is, this is what I want you to get out of this. When people speak my name on earth, I hear it in heaven. Always. Listen to me. Always. Always. And he went back in his body. Now, I could tell you another story about Betty Malls, who wrote a great book called My Glimpse of Eternity, and the exact same thing happened. They called on the, they kept, her family was calling to Jesus. She said, well, I called to Jesus, and they didn't come back. Well, maybe they just worked it out with Jesus. They weren't coming back. But that doesn't mean God did not hear, because there is no other name that is greater than that name. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, we're almost done. God, who at various times and in various ways, spoken in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, who he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Now, grab hold of this now, and if you want to do a study, this is a great, incredible verse to study. Who being the brightness of the glory of God, and the express image of his person. 
the face of God, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, and he has by inheritance what was given to him, obtained a more excellent name than any of the angels in heaven. He has obtained a more excellent name. And as, he, as Philippians 2, 8 through 11 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The power of the name, because that name, when you speak the name of Jesus over your life, it represents the character, the express image of his power, his ability. It's the face of God in your circumstances, in your situations. This is why prayer, why Jesus is teaching them, he's not teaching them to pray like John taught his disciples, because John couldn't teach it like this. He's teaching them to pray, you want to get things done, this is how you pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, sacred, holy, sanctified, is your name. And the name that God has revealed to us as Christians is the name Jesus. There's just something about that name. There's just something about that name. Hallelujah. And it's not about that it's, you know, it's not like it's like a, a credit card or it's just a special, you got a little secret thing. It's about the person that stands behind the name. The express image of his presence, the power of the God. See, when you pray, it doesn't matter if you're in a boxcar or in an office or in your car or wherever you are, when you call on the name, heaven is listening to you. I think one of the reasons that we don't pray like we should, and we all would probably say we don't pray like we should, is because we don't believe that we're heard. I mean, we kind of do, but we just, if we really thought we were in a conversation with the Father, like Jesus knew he was in a conversation with the Father. You know, Jesus, he's out, he's preaching all day, casting out devils, laying hands on the sick. Mark chapter one, I mean, it's incredible. Praise for Peter's mother-in-law. I mean, all the incredible things that he does. Comes nighttime, they're trying to find him. Where is he? There's people that want to, where has he gone to? He's away praying. Now, I would have been thinking about a way sleeping, right? Take a nap. I'm tired. I've had a long day. Why is Jesus away praying? Because he loved that dynamic relationship that he had with the Father. And he knew how necessary it was. May God show all of us the power of that name in our lives. That when we speak that over our unsaved loved ones, that God is hearing their name with his name. And at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
May, every, may we realize the power when we speak name over sickness and disease and when we speak that name over those who are bound by devils and when we speak that name in situations where we're not sure we're going to get out of it. Some friends of mine, they're in heaven now, but they were on an airplane. I'll stop, I promise. Last, final closing. They're on an airplane and lightning hit the one side of the plane and it blew the engine. They, look, they could look out the window and see that the engine had blown. And, you know, the plane did a little bit of a dip because of that. They, they can fly on one engine, but this was not good. They're in a storm, and, I mean, it's really bad. And this, this couple, their name was Charles and Francis, and they grabbed hands together, and they said, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we pray protection right now and safety on this airplane. And they looked out the window, and they saw an angel standing on the edge of the plane holding up that wing as it just continued to go forward you say well that's that's really weird well God does weird stuff right see it's about you speaking the name the name let's all stand up hallelujah let's have our prayer partners come if you would our prayer team you know, it's at the altar that we do kingdom business. We're going to pray together here. And I just really encourage you, you know, there might be a circumstance you're dealing with right now. Let us speak the name above every name. Come into agreement. Jeannie talked about it. The power that is in that name is absolutely phenomenal. It can change. It can, look, it, it healed, that name healed Peter's mother-in-law, got rid of her fever, got all the things that change, the protection that's taken place in Scripture uh, and in real life. Hallelujah. It saved this little girl in a boxcar. It delivered a cop who was bound with anger, still free today. And I'm going to tell you that same Jesus will do it for you. Amen. Do one of you guys have something that you guys wanted to say or had? Um, grab that mic.